And I want to speak to you on the subject here of Bible truths that will change your life. Bible truths that will change your life or enhance your life. Uh, It may not change your life because many of you are already practicing what I am going to talk to you about. But I want to talk to you here today about learning to trust the word of the Lord on all circumstances. Uh, Faith is is a marvelous thing. We're saved by faith. We're saved by grace and that through faith. A lot of people say that, you know, we're saved by faith. There's no scripture that says we're saved by faith. It says we're saved by grace and that through faith. And grace is what God does or has done or is what Jesus did at Calvary. It is his love toward us, his extended mercy and kindness to us. And it is in action. His grace is in actions by what he did. He came to this world in the form of flesh. He died on Calvary. God didn't die, but the son died on Calvary. That is the flesh, the man crying, Jesus, God can't die. You know that. So the spirit did not die, but the flesh died. That's why he's called the son of God, the son of man, because he was born of Mary. And so Jesus Christ paid that, that supreme sacrifice, shed his blood. That's the grace of God. And the application of the blood is up to you and I. In other words, do we believe? So we're saved by grace and that through faith. In other words, two people can hear the same gospel preached and one can believe and another not believe. The other that doesn't believe is like the seed that fell by the wayside. It's, he, he goes out the door and he's not saved. The other one says... You know, I believe the word of God. I believe God wants to save me. I think he wants me to be a child of God. I feel something moving on me. He repents of his sins. Baptized in Jesus' name. Being baptized is an act of that faith. And receiving the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, and requesting the Holy Ghost and wanting the Holy Ghost is an act on our part of our faith in the Lord, and God gives the increase. And Paul said in one place, uh, Apollos, uh, he said, I, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. There is no increase until the Holy Ghost is given. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. The real increase is when he pours out his spirit in us. So I'm just pointing out to you here that these things are all given to us that we might, how we are, might be saved. But then the Bible also says that the just shall live by faith. It's not just enough to get saved. But we have to live by faith, and living by faith means that we believe the word of God. We trust it. And sometimes that becomes a difficult thing because we go through trials and tests and difficult situations that we wonder, where is God, or what's happened, or why am I going through this, or why are these things happening in the way they are? And it's easy for us to say sometimes, well, I I, I don't know where I am in all of this. And I'm going to try to help you today to understand there are things in the Bible that tell us how to improve our life, how to have a good life, how to have a better life. And it's all built on the word of God and God's word, praise the Lord, if we can learn to trust it, we learn to have faith in the word of God. Now, let me say a thing about the word of God. The word of God is settled. God, by his word, spoke the heavens into existence. When you look into the heavens and you see all the stars, you see the the moon at night, that was all put there by God's spoken word. He simply said, let there be and there was. Because that's the power of his word. His word is very powerful. Not only is his word powerful in those physical things, 
And we could go on and on and talk about all the things on the earth, how God put everything, he spoke them all into existence. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And they, they just came and everything, the wisdom of God was, was put into the by his spoken word and by his just, by his plan of his word. Now, you and I, praise the Lord, must learn to depend on God's word and those spiritual things. Because if God's word is so powerful that he could make everything that exists with his word, then his word is worth trusting to be saved, to stay saved, to walk with God, and to one day go to heaven by. So the word of God is a very powerful thing. Praise God. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, about learning to trust the word of the Lord. There are scriptures in the Bible that if we will take them and cherish them, they will become very valuable to us. And they will enhance our lives in that particular area if we learn to trust that word, obey it, and live by it. And so I'm going to pass some of these along to you that I have been recently just thinking about, studying, looking into, and I'm going to pass them along to you here this morning if I can. So I want to start with the subject of what Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. I want you to look at John 3.14 for just a moment. John 3.14. And uh, I'm going to refer to some scriptures here today. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. This is John 3.14. It simply says... And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He must be lifted up at Calvary. We all know that. That was the only way that redemption could come our way. But he's also got to be lifted up by us. We have to lift up Jesus. We've got to talk about Jesus. We've got to exalt Jesus. Folks, there is enough people that will put Jesus Christ down and talk down about even we who live for him. And we need to always be lifting up Jesus. Jesus needs to always be exalted. Everything we do, we need to lift up Jesus Christ. We need to exalt him in praise. We need to exalt him him in our Christian life. We need to exalt him to other people. Always lift up Jesus Christ. And sometimes that is even at the expense of ourselves, but Jesus must always be lifted. And if Jesus is lifted, your life will be better. If Jesus is lifted, the world will be better. People will be saved because Jesus has to be lifted up. Praise the Lord for there to be redemption for others who might be saved. And even the strength and the power of redemption working real strong in our own personal lives. Another verse of scripture I want to read to you is John seventeen thirty two, And this is the one where he said, if I be lifted up. And it simply says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw men unto me. So in order for people to come to the Lord, he has to be lifted up. If you and I will say, I'm going to lift up Jesus. I'm going to lift up Christ. I'm going to exalt him. And learn to exalt the Lord in everything. Praise the Lord. Exalt the Lord in everything. Let it always be. In, in your in your conversation, somehow or another, bring in lifting up Jesus Christ. Praise God. We talk about the weather. We talk about things going on in the world. We talk about things going on in our families. We talk about things going on 
here and there. Not bad things, just things going on, just happening. Sometimes it's good to talk about Jesus, you know, just talk about the Lord and just exalt his name, lift him up and exalt the name of the Lord. Now with that comes the humility of our own selves. We have to humble ourselves. Now I'm going to give you a scripture here that John the Baptist stated. And uh, I want to, if you look in John 3.30, John 3.30, we were in John 3 well ago. And uh, 3.30 is what John the Baptist said concerning Jesus and in his own, John the Baptist's own ministry. He said this about the Lord, he must increase, but I must decrease. So John the Baptist knew that this whole thing was about Jesus being lifted up him increasing in the eyes of the people. John the Baptist himself said, I must decrease. So we will learn to decrease ourselves and exalt Jesus. And I'm talking about the act of of humility. One guy said one time, he was proud he was humble. Said he was proud he was humble. He felt himself to be a humble man, so he said he was very proud of that. Well, that's sort of oxymoron, you know, being proud, being humble at the same time. But the point, the point here that I want to bring to you is that true humility on our part is something that we all have to work at. And the Bible teaches that. And if we will learn to, because in all of us is that human nature to want to be, to want to exalt ourselves, to want to be lifted up, to want to be somebody, all of that is in us. And some people get carried away with it and it's really seen in people that really try to climb the ranks in some kind of an area, whether it's, whether it's in the rock music and you want somebody, a movie actor, actress, or, uh, some, you know, the politics of the world and all this kind of stuff. They want to be somebody. They want to be somebody very important. But Jesus talked about being humble, that if we would be humble, he will exalt us. And there's a difference in being exalted by Christ and also trying to exalt ourselves. I, uh, I've lived long enough that I've seen people uh, go to the top in the world and they just become somebody. And then all of a sudden it's over with. It's all of a sudden it's over with. I'm thinking of somebody now. If I named him, every one of you know who I'm talking about. But he was the same age I was. And I remember when I was a young man and I was studying for the ministry and going out in the ministry and preaching, struggling and everything. This guy was a popular guy. The whole world was falling at his feet because he was such a great guy. He died at the age of 40. I mean, I've lived twice, over twice as long as that now. He died at the age of 40 on drugs, you know, taking drugs and just, just burn his life out. I'm saying that's not, he's not the only one. There's many like that. They were, they were singers, rock stars and all this kind of stuff. But they're, they get all caught up with themselves. Now, that's the ultimate of it. But all of us can get a little bit into that. But if we will learn to humble ourselves before God. Now, I'm going to give you some scripture on that. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Uh, look in 1 Peter 5, 5. If you look at this verse of scripture with us, I'm just going to give you some scripture here and what the Lord says about it. Verse 5, uh, 5 and 6. Likewise... Ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Verse 5 I'm reading now. Be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Now verse 6, 
is the verse that I'm getting at particularly here. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So the Lord will exalt us if we learn to humble ourselves under God's hand and let the Lord lift us up. Praise the Lord. Uh, in, uh, in Matthew 23, there is a verse of scripture that, uh, chapter 23, in verse 36, where they came to Jesus. This is uh, where a man came to Jesus one time and said, Master, this is 20, uh, chapter 22. Wait a minute. Uh, I think I'm in the, I think I got the. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. 2311, I got the wrong verse here. 2311. Matthew uh, 2311. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Praise the Lord. So these are verses of scripture here that lets us know here that if we will learn to exalt God and humble ourselves... Now, this may sound like, Brother Myers, this is old hat. This is something, you know, this is no big revelation or nothing. But I'm just telling you that the word of God teaches us this, that if we will learn to say, God, if your word says that I believe it, I'm telling you that God will honor us if we will learn to be humble and will humble ourselves before God's hand. Praise the Lord. One other verse of scripture, James, uh, James 4, if you will turn there with us for just a moment here. James 4 and verse 6. There's two verses I want to read to you here, and it's pretty well the same sayings here. Verse 4, James 4, 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. The grace of God. We talked about that a while ago. Verse 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So all of these verses of scripture here tells us that if we will learn to be humble before God and he will, he will be with us and he'll lift us up. So sometimes when you're tempted to say, oh, I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. Even sometimes you get mad at somebody. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Some things you don't take revenge you don't take revenge. You leave it in the hands of God. It's amazing how God deals with things. But I'm just telling you folks that if, if we will humble ourselves and exalt Christ, souls will be saved. We will be a testimony to the world. And the Lord, praise the Lord, can do a work like we've never seen before. I believe God is yet to do a great work even in America, in our, in our, in our generation. I want, and I want to see it, don't you? Praise God. Now, I'm going to move on here. I want to talk to you about something else. And that is that all of us go through trials and tests and difficulties. Sometimes we wonder if God knows where we are and who we are. Uh, if you look in uh, Matthew 28, 20 with me, 28, 20, God will never leave us. This is the last verse in Matthew. Last verse in Matthew. 
And uh, I'll read the 19th and 20th verse. Verse 20 is the last verse. Look at this very closely. 20, 20 is where I'm going, but I'll read 19 and 20. So that gives us, this is when the Lord Jesus was about to be ascended into heaven. And he gave to his disciples the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Not just to the Jews anymore, it was all the world. And he said, here, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. And we know the name to be Jesus. And that's the way they, the early church always baptized in the name. So go baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Then in verse 20 is where I'm going here. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now look at that very closely. If you've got a pen and you've got your Bible there, underline, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In other words, you want to not go anywhere that I'll not be with you. There'll never be a time I will not be with you. And there's times that we feel like we're walking with God alone. And we're walking by ourselves. But the Lord wants us to know, no, 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 I am with you. Uh, You may, you know, that may not be applying to you today, but there may be somebody here that's going through some things. And you say, Lord, are you still with me? And I'm just trying to tell you something. If we could take this word and say, God, I believe it. Every missionary that goes on the foreign field has to take this scripture and really believe it with all of his heart. Many of our missionaries have gone into brand new lands nobody's ever been into before. They go into a part of the world where nobody ahead of them has gone, like like the apostolic message, I mean. They have to learn the language. They have to learn the custom of the people. They have to be careful about what's to be careful of and things that okay and so forth. There's a lot of things they have to learn. And they have to say, God, stay with me. Don't leave me. And you can feel very lonely. I've had missionaries that say, I remember whenever, you know, the last time we saw somebody, we waved bye to the people on the shore if there's a ship or we said bye as we got in our plane, whatever, however it was. And they, you knew you would not see them no more. And then you're all alone, you and your wife and maybe uh, a child or two if you, if you were married, and had, if you had children. And you're going to this field and you're going to labor. You had to say, God be with me. Don't leave me. And uh, in a foreign land, a foreign place, and in, I think it's not as bad today as it used to be. I say, I call it bad. But in the sense that a missionary was sent for four years on a foreign land, and he didn't come home. He, did, he, or, he or she did not come home until the four years was up. They had to stay there. So no matter what, how things went, they had to stay right there until their period of time was up. And they could come home, debutize, and go back again. But they were not to come home, so they had to stay there. Nowadays, they can, you know, catch a plane, come home if there's some reason, sickness in the family or whatever the case might be or something that may develop. But I'm just trying to say the Lord says, lo, I am with you. And he says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, scripture that goes along with that that I want to give to you is one found over uh, in the book of, of Hebrews thirteen five. And if you've got a, a pen, write these Put a ring around these verses because these verses will be a strength to you at a time. It may not be today, but it will be one day that you learn to say, Lord, I know you will never leave me. And that's a very important thing. Look in uh, 13.5. 
This is in the book of Hebrews. And I personally believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, even though Paul didn't put his name to it. And uh, there's reasons why that possibly he didn't. But look at this fifth verse. Let your conversation, this is 13.5 of Hebrews. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now he's saying this, not to those who go forth and preach the gospel, but he's saying this now for all of us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So whatever we go through, he's not going to let you go hungry. You understand what I'm saying? You won't go hungry. Anybody ever been there? We'll let these sisters here get in. Then I get your attention again. All right. Anybody ever been hungry or ever ever been through some battles? You wonder, yeah. You wonder if you're going to make it through or not. And, uh, you know, my, my dear wife, God love her, her and I struck out years ago. We were a young couple, set out to evangelize the world. And, man, we came across some really tough places and tough times and hard places. And, and uh, I can remember us getting down to nothing, no money, no food in the house, just nothing. And uh, trying to stay in there and preaching the gospel. She was a champion, just hung in there with me, you know. She came from her, her parents were, her, her parents were, her father was a businessman. And she never had to lack for anything when she was a kid, you know, growing up. And she married me and then she said, well, what's this I've gotten into? And everything. Here I was, we were out traveling, but she was hung in there and was just good as gold and sang evangelistic meetings and things like that. And I never will forget, we got down to nothing. And finally, some money came through. We, we got some money and went to the store. And I never will forget, as long as I live, that we came back from the store with two bags of groceries. And we laughed in South Bend, Indiana. We laughed and walked under the street lights and giggled like two, two kids. And it was snow on the ground. And we just laughed and giggled and was so happy because we had two bags of groceries that we were bringing back home. I never will forget that. Everything because God just did not let us down. I never, I, I, I may have postponed a few meals, but I never missed any. <laughs> I never missed any, you can see. I'm just saying God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And if you will say, God, I trust your word. And so whenever you get to that place or if you've ever been there, or sometimes maybe it not, may not be food on the table, it just might be other situations or other things in your life. Just say, God has promised that he would never leave me. Praise the Lord. Never leave thee nor forsake thee. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God has promised it. Let me give you a, a scripture in Psalm. Look at 910, Psalms 910. And uh, this is just giving another scripture to the same thing. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. And God is faithful, never leaving us, never forsaken us. Praise the Lord. And uh, look at 34, 7, 34, we're in the Psalms still. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Verse 9, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. 
The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I'm just showing you scriptures here that if we're faithful to God, God will never leave us, forsake us. In that 34th chapter of Psalms still, look in verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all, all. Put a ring around all if you've got your Bible there. Look at verse 22. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Man, these are valuable scriptures. In other words, when things just look like they're not going so good, say, God, your word is here. Praise the Lord. Your word, praise the Lord, is before us. Now, I want to move on here, and I want to talk to you about another thing here. I've got two more subjects I want to talk to you about. One is the love factor in Christianity. The love factor. Praise the Lord. There's something about the love of God, folks, that's the most powerful thing in all the world. The love of God. I'm uh, not talking here now so much about God's provisions for us, but the love of God. And uh, I want you to look in John 3, uh, John 3.16. All of you are familiar with that verse of scripture. If you're not familiar with John 3.16, it's a good time to be familiar with it. And uh, it's one that we all know. God so loved the world. Now, I want you to notice that. For God so loved the world. God loves the world. That's what was so thrilling to me last week when I heard Pastor talking about what would happen in Bangladesh. Those poor people. And the world's full of a lot of poor people. So, I mean, most of the world is poor people. And he loved those people so much that he just started healing, healing, opening blinded eyes and causing gorders to disappear, making people to, that were lame to walk. I mean, just happening, happening so abundantly. And everybody said, well, wh- well we want to see it here. No, no, let, let those people who have nothing have something from God. You know, let it happen. And I'm thinking, God, how you love, you have loved people. God so loved the world. And we must never forget that God loves humanity. He does, folks. He loves humanity. I know there's a time of judgment that's going to come at the end time. But that's another story. We are living in the dispensation of the grace of God. And God is extending his grace today unto all that will hear the gospel and be saved. And we are trying to reach the world. That's your idea. If we can just reach out and reach those people and let them hear the word of God because God loves them. God so loved the world. Let me finish reading that verse. That he gave and he's a giver. God is a giver. He gave. And we can stop there. God so loved the world that he gave, period. But it goes more than that. It goes deeper than that. His only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the love of God, praise the Lord, is great. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And uh, I want to read that verse of scripture to you as well. But God's love is great, it's mighty, it is, uh, it is powerful. Praise the Lord, and I just quoted it. This is Romans 5, 5, Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, listen to me very closely here. The Holy Ghost gives you God's love like nothing else in the world does. We could try to have the love of God, but nothing is like the love of God that's given by the Holy Ghost. In fact, it says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You can have hatred and malice and 
and contempt and all kinds of things in your heart. And you can come to the Lord, pray through and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you love everybody. There's nobody you hate, nobody you dislike. You hate, the Bible says, love your enemies. How can you do that? By the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will help you to love others. Praise the Lord. But it's the love of God that's in us. The love of God that's put in us. So the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And the love of God, of course, comes to us in that fashion. Now, let me show you something in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. If you'll go to Matthew twenty-two thirty-six for a moment here. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. There's a man who came to Jesus. Look at this very closely. Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Of all the laws, there's 613. So they, I never have counted them, but that's what they tell me. Uh, that's, what, that's what is recorded in, in commentaries. 613 laws from Moses that was given to the children of Israel altogether, counting the Ten Commandments. And then there's 1,300, there's... there's uh, what did that say? 613. And then the Bible tells us here that all these laws are giving us how to live for God, how to please God, how to walk with God, how to serve the Lord, how to make God you know, happy with our lives, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, all these kind of things. Look what this man said here. This is uh, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Of all the law commandments, which is the greatest? And verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And then he said to this, This is the first and great commandment. This is the best of all. In other words, if you love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, this is the best of all of the commandments, loving God. And then Jesus adds this. He says here in verse 39, and the second is like an unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now notice here the second commandment is not with all your heart, mind, soul. I think it's Mark that says my heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the physical part of us as well. He said, not only do we love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and mind, but we also We'd, we'd love our neighbor as ourselves. So in other words, you don't put your neighbor above God. God's love for him is the most. The love of God in our hearts, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, causes us to love God. And we love God more than anything in all the world. And then we also love our neighbor as ourselves. Praise the Lord. There's a love that goes out from this. And then Jesus add this on to verse 40 and verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If you've got this, you've got it all. Do you understand what we're saying here? And of all the things we can learn here, if we will learn the power of the love of God that's in our hearts, first of all, for God, and the second of all, for our fellow man. If we'll learn to know the power of, the, of love in our lives, folks, it will help us get through life. It'll help us to be the best kind of a Christian. It'll help us to walk in our own normal life, you know, the best that we possibly can because the love of God is a great and a powerful thing. Uh, 
it, it's greater than anything in the world. It's, it's, it's powerful. Uh, there is a, a, a religion in the world that is built on hate. It's to go out and conquer and kill and all that kind of stuff. You know that. And that kind of stuff. But Christianity is all built on love. To love your neighbor as yourself. To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Look at the Ten Commandments. When God gave the Ten Commandments, this is recorded in uh, Exodus chapter 20 and also in Deuteronomy chapter 5. The Ten Commandments are all there. If you look at them, the first four of the commandments is all about our relationship with God. Thou shalt have, thou shalt love God with that and have no other God before us. Thou shalt not worship any graven image. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. All these kind of things. It's all about our relationship with God, loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Folks, fall in love with Jesus Christ. This is what prayer is all about. This is what devotion is all about. This is what reading your Bible is all about. The first four commandments is our relationship with God in the Ten Commandments. Uh, the fifth commandment is to honor our parents. Praise the Lord. That is the first one that deals with our fellow human being or our fellow person, which is our parents. Honor your mother and father that your days may be long in the earth. And it is the first commandment with promise. Uh, let me go a, a little bit further here and say that the last six commandments is all about our relationship with our fellow man. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not commit adultery, and so forth. Those last five commandments, after the fifth one, is all about keeping a relationship with our fellow man. Praise the Lord. And if you've got the love of God in your heart, you won't, you won't do all those things. If you love your fellow man, you're not going to steal from him. If you love him, you're not going to bear false witness against him. If you love him, you're not going to commit adultery against him. If you love him, you're not going to, you're not going to kill him. You know what I mean? So the Bible talks about the power of love and how that these things are all fulfilled if we have that love of God. So Jesus said that in these commandments are fulfilled all the law and the prophets. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, I, I won't read this, but most of you are familiar with it. He came to Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to have eternal life? Smug he was. And you know what the Lord said? He said, you know the commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness. He named off all the things that had to do with the last six commandments. If you read that, that's what Jesus named. All those things. And that man says, Master, all of these have I done for my youth up. He was a good guy with his fellow man. But Jesus knew what his fault was. He didn't love God. He was, she was short on his love for, for God Almighty. He did his fellow man thing, but didn't do the, but the love of God. And then Jesus said unto him, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. and Come and follow me. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And go and sell all you have and give to the poor. I love my fellow man, but not that much. Understand what I'm saying? And come and follow you, where are we going to go? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I mean, you know, I respect you, but I don't love you that much. You see what I'm talking about? So what I'm just trying to say here is that if we can learn the love of God and by reading the word of God and trusting in God and praying and having a personal devotion, that's why that a personal time with Jesus is so valuable. If we can have that personal time with Christ and just pray and become 
He said, I do not call you servants. I call you friends. I call you friends. Uh, the Bible said that, that Abraham was a friend of God, not just a servant. And we are servants of God, but more than just a servant, we are a friend. And God is our friend. Think about that. God is our friend. He's a friend of us. We are a friend of God. We sing a song about that. And it's a wonderful thing to know that Jesus Christ is our friend. So whenever things do, don't go so well, just remember Jesus you love us and I love you with all of my heart. And if we can have that love for Jesus and that love for Jesus Christ, folks, you can go through a lot of things because that love covers a multitude of things. Uh, dealing and talking about the thing about our love for a fellow man, that's also part of it. Let me have you go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, I believe it is. Chapter 13, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, let me find it here. I'll get to it in a minute. All right. First Corinthians 13. This is a. Uh, This is called the love chapter. It's called, the, the word that is used here is charity. The word is charity. And if you look with me, there's a lot to be said. The whole 13th chapter is about charity or about the love of God. But I'm just going to save time and read a few verses here. This is four. I'm going to pick it up in four here. 13, four. I'm saving time here because I know my time's getting low. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity is the love of God. So the love of God is should have brought in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then we love our neighbor as ourselves, right? This will help you. The love of God in your heart, this is what it will cause you to be like. And this is what it will cause you to do. Charity, the love of God that is in your hearts for our neighbor or our other fellow man, suffereth long and is kind. Charity or the love of God envieth not envieth not it doesn't want what the other guy has it's not always wanting what he's got you know you may want something like what he's got but don't don't want do not want what he has but so envy or don't say oh he's god good to him but he's not good to me envieth not charity vaunteth not itself that means exalts himself lifts himself up puffs himself up uh, this is not what charity does. It's not all about self. It vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. I just said that. Doth not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't act weird and crazy when you have the love for other people. It just doesn't make you act crazy, you know. It seeketh not her own. It doesn't always try to seek its own, but it's also concerned about others as well. Is not easily provoked. It doesn't get angry and get hot-headed and hot on the collar easy and all that stuff. Because the love of God is there. It thinketh no evil. Thinketh no evil. It doesn't always think about bad, evil, mean things. Verse 6. It rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. 
It beareth all things, believeth all things, that is, believing things that are of God. Beareth all things, that is, what comes our way, we bear that. Believeth all things, that's in the scriptures, of course. Hopeth all things, endureth all things. So the love of God in our hearts gives us a great power inside of us to help us to be able to cope with all things. Now, I've got about three minutes, and I'm going to give you the last one on here, folks. And if you learn this little simple lesson, you will be financially blessed. God has a built-in prosperity package for his people, I'm telling you. Now, I'm going to start by saying this, and this is the financial blessing guaranteed. Financial blessing guaranteed. And uh, if you'll try this, if you haven't tried it, try it. Let's start with, first of all, let's start with tithe paying. Tithe paying. Learn to be a tithe payer. If you are, it's guaranteed God will bless you. I'm going to give you a guaranteed verse of scripture. If you turn to the last book in the Old Testament, the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Matthew, uh, Malachi, this is the last book in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me. The Lord says, prove me. Now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And then he goes on talking about I'll rebuke the devourer and I'll rebuke this and that and so forth. And he gives us some guarantees in that respect. And, uh, but I want to read another verse of scripture that I have learned to lean on. I have it memorized and it's in my head memorized. I've got it marked in my Bible. I got a big ring around it and folks, it'll work. Listen to me closely to work. If you ever learn this, it'll work. Be faithful in your tithes. That's 10% of your earnings. You know, just be faithful, do it. God will bless you for it. He can do more with that he can do, you can do more with the 90% than you can do with the 10% if you give God the 10%. I'm serious. I'm serious. He'll make that 90% go a lot further than if you're 100%. Look here in Luke now, chapter 6, verse 38. I have this memorized in my Bible, underlined heavily. Give and it shall be given unto you. I believe this with all my heart. And you can, you can ask anybody that knows anything about the finances in this church. I, I'm a giver. I have been for a long time. I believe in giving because I believe this verse and I've seen God do some marvelous things. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. You cannot outgive God. Believe me, you can't out squeeze him either, but you cannot outgive God. If you learn to be a giver, I'm serious, to the work in the kingdom of God, God will bless you and he will honor you. And you would say, Brother Byers, I got a long ways to go. Yeah, I know. I know we had. But let me just say this. Learn to be a giver and God will bless you and honor you and keep his hand on you and provide for you and take care of you in ways that you'll never imagine. I, I'm amazed. I see little things happen all the time. The other day I was on, saw a guy that had a, you know, I got this brace on my leg and I know a little bit about having to walk with, you know, with a brace. And I saw this guy panhandling and he had, and he had a wooden leg on one leg and I didn't know who he was. So I gave the guy $5, you know, I just had a $5 bill. I gave it to him. I went on my way. That was it. I went on my way. Later on, I stopped at a McDonald's to get lunch. I went in there 
Now listen to this. Now listen to this. The sister, one of our sisters in there, works in there. Hey, Bishop Myers, we're so glad you have you. What would you have today? Blah, 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 blah. I told her a fish sandwich, some, some fries, and, and one of these, uh, you know. She said, it's on the house. It's on me this time. Uh, no, I said, no, I don't want you paying for it. No, no, it's, it don't cost me nothing. It's just we can do this. It's on the house. Oh, thank you. I went and I sat down. Oh, here's a, here's a pot. Here's one of the pot pies to go with it. Oh, here's another hot pie to go with that one. You take home that to, to Dr. Myers. Oh, thank you. You know, I want to eat both of them. But she, 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 she didn't want to eat it. Praise God. I added up in the money and it was like about $10.50 worth of food. I gave the guy $5 and somebody gave me $10. And that's just a little thing. That's a little thing. I mean, but the big things, the big things are the same way. And I'm just saying, if we will learn, praise the Lord, to trust the word of God, be a giver, be a missions giver, be, well, my time is gone. Let's stand and pray.